to Heart to Heart with Michael. I am Michael Lieben, the host of Heart to Heart, and this is the 11th episode of season two. Our loved ones are constantly with us in their absence. When we celebrate our lives and their memories, we keep them close to us in a very real and meaningful way. In this episode, we're going to hear about planning grief, controlling it, and exploring some of the things that we can do to celebrate our loved ones on holidays and all year round. Our guest is CJ Anderson, mother of four, two in heaven and two here on earth. CJ was on our program in season one, where we learned about two nonprofit organizations that she set up in memory of her children. The first, Grief Bridge, is a nonprofit organization whose mission is to close the gap between the bereaved and the world by way of education and grief work centered on God's word. The second nonprofit is called JAWS, which stands for John Benjamin Action to Walk Safely. JAWS's mission is teaching children to walk safely and defensively. And since we last spoke with CJ, she has been working on her master's degree in Christian counseling at Dallas Baptist University. Welcome back to Heart to Heart, CJ. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you, Michael. It's a pleasure to be back. It was great having you on the show in our first season, and it seems like you've been working very, very hard since we last spoke with you. So let's start by talking about how you've decided to go back to school and how you celebrate Bridger and Ben through your education. Well, on the last show, Michael, I told you that both of my nonprofits were birthed out of pain. And actually, that's what happened with my decision to go back to school. It was also birthed out of pain. Uh, when I cried out to God one day out of desperation, I just said, God, there are millions of people out there that are bereaved and there's no one that understands them and and no one to help them. And I just kind of crumpled to the floor and and I heard plain as day him say but you know cj but you know you can help them one by one and i didn't know what he meant by that but little by little he ended up putting plans into my heart to go back to school and uh, so i enrolled back at um, dallas baptist university that i had attended to um, earlier in life and got my bachelor's of science and arts in ministry uh, then, be, then I decided to go on and work for my master's. Pertaining to um, celebrating my sons through my studies, well, my sons always wanted to go to school and they never got to attend school. So I decided that, you know, I, they could go to school through me. That would be one way that I could celebrate uh, their life and also my mother's life because way up into her 70s, she had always said, I'm going to go to college and she never got to go to college. So I feel going back and getting my bachelor's um, is a way of celebrating their life and doing things that they never got to do. Ben was killed, you know, just a few weeks before he was headed off to college. Um, mm. So I'm celebrating this master's degree in, in honor of Ben's life. And then I plan on um, applying to the Ph.D. program uh, in leadership skills because uh, Rick was a pre-med student and never got to finish school. So that's how I feel that through education and, and being an advocate, I bring awareness and I'm hoping to save a life and help people ease that walk through grief. So I'm now their voice and they live through me. That's very lovely. I like the idea that um, you can do something that they had in mind to do and that you can carry them through this with you. How are they exactly helping you when you help other people? Where where are they in your head? Well, it gives me the compassion. First of all, they've taught me compassion and 
um, how empathy and it's amazing how I can just, you know, feel even in the grocery store that somebody in front of me or in back of me is going through something and I can turn around and see it in their eyes and I just know. And um, they've given me the courage to reach out to these same people because I remember being one of them in the grocery store and being sad and nobody saying anything to me or feeling like I was invisible because of what I was going through. And, you know, so it's really easy for me to turn around and even just say, um, are you okay? Do you need a hug? And um, they just just fall into my arms. And um, so I know God has put this calling on me. It was just uh, a couple weeks ago, I was in Walmart and I never go to Walmart because it's just kind of busy. And I was in the hair color department, (laughs) looking at some purple to put some more purple in my hair. And um, this Patrick said to me, Mom, not too much purple this time. You know, you got a lot of purple in your hair. And this lady who worked there at Walmart, she goes, oh, I like your mom's purple hair. She goes, I, you know, it's really pretty. And I said, do you know what purple stands for? And uh, then I told her that my sons were in heaven with royalty and uh, that purple stands for compassion also. And she just fell into my arms and started crying. She had just lost two of her 20-year-olds within the last five months. And um, anyway, she came to Grief Bridge and um, I kept in touch with her, you know, every day. It's just, you know, it's amazing how God puts you in these places to um, to be a blessing to people. Tell us about what your practicum is going to be about and how this is also a celebration of your sons. Okay, well, one of the requirements to graduate is to show that I've acquired the skills and techniques of counseling. So in this practicum, I need to um, perform a uh, 30-minute video um, showing that I have learned the skills of counseling, the listening and the reflecting, perceiving, attending, and probing. And this Saturday, I'm going to have a, uh, a video and skills party at the Texas Broadcast Museum in Kilgore, a facility that's been donated to me by Chuck Conrad and Warren Willard. And I just wanted to thank them because they're, they're going to let me use all of the facility there to put this uh, video together. Uh, We have to set up a stage that looks like a counseling room. I have uh, volunteers that have agreed um, to be videoed as I practice these skills. And then in the afternoon from one to four, we're gonna have a meet and greet for bereaved parents where I'm gonna host a free workshop on journaling through your grief. Oh, wow. That's really nice. So everybody gets something out of that, especially you and especially the parents who will be there. I need to learn how to journal my grief. We'll, we need to do a program on that. Home Tonight Forever by the Baby Blue Sound Collective. I think what I love so much about this CD is that some of the songs were inspired by the patients. Many listeners will understand many of the different songs and what they've been inspired by. Our new album will be available on iTunes, Amazon.com, Spotify. I love the fact that the proceeds from this CD are actually going to help those with congenital heart defects. Enjoy the music. Home Tonight Forever. You are listening to Heart to Heart with Michael. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on Michael's program, please email him at michael at heart to heart with michael.com.
Now, back to our program. You told us about how your education is a way to celebrate your children. Now let's talk about the specific rituals that you have to celebrate your sons. And tell us specifically about your butterfly release. Oh, Michael, the butterfly release is absolutely beautiful. You know, butterflies are a symbol of transformation and helps give uh, hope to uh, our future. So um, we order these butterflies and they come beautifully folded um, in different color paper. And I pass them out to each of the parents and my grandchildren and my son. And I say this poem and we video each one individually as they are going to let go uh, release their butterfly. And so this is the poem that I say before they release. And it's written by Jill Haley. And it's as I release this butterfly in honor of Liel, know that I'm with you and will always be. Hold a hand and say a prayer. Close your eyes and see me there. Although you may feel a bit torn apart, please know that I'll always be forever in your heart. And then they carefully open up and fold the the delicate paper that the butterfly is in. Sometimes the butterfly takes a, a second or two and just hangs on to the piece of paper, which, you know, the parents love that and and then sometimes they fly away and they'll come back and land on their shoulder. And I'll go video this um, for each of the parents when I read it. It's just a, it gives you a really peaceful and calming um, tradition, you know, to celebrate the life of your children and their new life, you know, as they transition to heaven. First of all, thank you. You're going to now have to release a butterfly for me. <laughs> In case anybody was I will. Thinking, Next time. catch that, who is Liel? Liel was my daughter, of course. Yes. And she still is. And I still have difficulty with past tense and present tense. Um, we've talked about that. But you now have to release a butterfly for me. I will. Uh, and I will video it for you and put it on my Facebook. I, I appreciate that. How, how often do you do these butterfly releases? What's the occasion? What has to happen for this? When I do my spring workshops is when we do the butterfly. So... I give workshops on every month that has a fifth Saturday. So if it's March or April, then that's the butterfly releasing month that we um, celebrate with releasing butterflies. So this spring, I will I will video one for you. I appreciate that more than I think anyone can possibly imagine. I, I, I had no idea that was coming. Let's talk about not just the butterflies, but you also have a balloon release. Although I have done several balloon releases and how that's done is, um, you know, we'll purchase the helium balloons and uh, the kids will write love letters to their dads or the parents will write love letters to their children and release them. But since then, I've um, realized that the balloon becomes harmful to uh, the environment and ecology and the wildlife. So I did a research on it and I looked up some biodegradable balloons. But they also take six months to um, dissipate. So we've moved on and we now do prayers um, to heaven and they are little flying prayer papers, which you can write a prayer on or a love letter on. And it's folded a certain way that when it's lit, it will fly up about three, four feet right there and it will dissipate and you've given wings to your um, prayer or your love letter to your to your child in heaven 
Another thing we do now instead of balloon releases is we do a carta holiday. And that's been a really big tradition that we can do all year long. And it kind of happened when I decided that we were not going to do a balloon release one Thanksgiving because before that we were doing them every holiday. And so I went and bought Thanksgiving Day cards and I gave them to all the kids and my son and everybody that was at Thanksgiving dinner. And they all wrote uh, a, th- a Thanksgiving card um, to each of my sons. And then they read them aloud around the table and we hung them on the wall and we had them for a keepsake. And it was it was really nice to have that keepsake later. So then we did it for Christmas and then we did it for birthdays and then we did it for anniversaries. And so <laughs> we do the card of holiday where we write, you know, how much we miss them, uh, what we remembered, you know, on their last birthday or what was our favorite thing about them and what we were doing this holiday uh, in honor of them. And uh, then I just get to keep them all afterwards and I get to benefit with this box of wonderful cards of treasures. And um and I'm very thankful for. So the card holiday has been real popular for our family get-togethers. Now they just automatically know we're going to do a card holiday. Two things I want to say here. One is the image of the prayers going up and and dissipating as they burn off. I I'm wrapping my head around that because I think that's amazing, and I really like that idea. And I think that's something that we could we could adopt here. Mm-hmm. The other thing is what I'm noticing is that all of these things that you do are as much for us, the living, as they are for those who have passed on. So we're talking to them, we're relating to them, we're we're doing things for them. But but what we're really doing, or what we're doing alongside of that, is an action or any activity that helps release emotion from us. And I think that's really important. Can you tell me more about how that works? Yeah, actually, it's called, um, there is a um, a counseling term for that, and it's called continuing bonds. And um, it's when, you know, we learn to incorporate our child's life going forward. You know, everybody wants us to move on and to be our old self again and, to, mm-hmm. you know, um, get with the holidays or whatever. So it's a way for us to get re-engaged with life, um, taking our children forward with us. Um mm-hmm. And so in in doing so, they become a, a part of going forward and we don't leave them behind. So it is comforting to us to be able to for people to know that we're going to include them going forward. It's just going to be a part of life. And mm-hmm. I've noticed that it, it, it breeds gratitude. And when it breeds gratitude, um, you're just thankful for the time that, you know, you did have with them you know, here on For sure. on Earth. Do you also have birthday rituals? Tell me more about that. Well, our birthday rituals, you know, that's the day that our child came into our life and made us a mother or a father and just really changed our life and taught us really about what real deep love and that bond is really about. So really, it's this really special day. And so we don't change it at all. I mean, we still bake birthday cakes. We still light candles and we still sing happy birthday and we still buy birthday presents. And it might be um, a DVD of a group they liked or it might Mm -hmm. be uh, a video of a movie that they liked Mm -hmm. or it could be a little guitar um, pick or something to put in Ben's keepsake box. It might be as much as buying tickets to go to the Rangers game as a family because Bridger was a big baseball fan. So we still buy those presents. 
And then both of my boys were born on the 7th. So Ben was born April 7th, mm-hmm. and Bridger was born July 7th. So at 7 o'clock on their birthday, we go to their favorite restaurant, and I pay, post it on Facebook. Sometimes friends and family come, sometimes just us, and we celebrate their birthday and usually order their favorite food as an hors d'oeuvre and then take a picture with us and put it on the table. This year, I want to tell you, it was so incredibly wonderful. In July, we took uh, the iPad and pulled up a picture of Bridger and put it on the table. And the waiter that we had was spectacular. And he asked us about um, the iPad and the picture of my son. And so we told him the story. And he went and took pictures of us. And then he went and gave us the complimentary uh, birthday cake and ice cream in Bridger's honor. Wasn't that nice? nice? I thought you were going to say he also set a table set for the iPad. That would have been. Oh, we did have a table. We did that ourselves. Oh, we you did? That. Yeah, we did that ourselves. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that's great. That's yeah. great. Let, let me ask you something quickly. We have about a, about a minute and a half. You talk a lot about parents and, you know, how this is good for the parents. And this is the day the kids were born is the day we became mothers and fathers. Tell me a little bit about the siblings because you're not alone in this. A lot of kids who have passed have left not just parents, but they've also left siblings. And sometimes there's siblings who don't understand what's happening. Yeah, I agree, Michael. And, and unfortunately, they seem to be the the silent grievers because, um, you know, we can't even see in the beginning past, you know, where we can reach from our own grief. And uh, so it's really important, though, that they do see us grieve. Um, but then it's also important that we reach out to them. And recently I've had parents call and ask me if they can bring the siblings to grief bridge to the yeah. workshops. And I say, absolutely. And they participate, yeah. um, right alongside us, um, in all of the activities. And of course, my son is really involved in Grief Bridge, and he wears a number seven on his baseball uh, jersey to represent and honor both of his brothers. He does all the videos for Grief Bridge, and he's uh, got his own little ministry. He does free um, videos for bereaved parents of their children. Of course, everybody's different, has to find their own way um, in in their grief walk and that just works with my son he also writes songs um playing his guitar he writes songs about his brothers he didn't sing them in public but he sings them to me and so i think that's part of his grief work and you know he always goes to the cemetery and he always helps me decorate it for christmas and i think our children need to see that that they know that if something happened to them that we would not forget them either you know we would we would carry on their legacy as well. This program is a presentation of Hearts Unite the Globe and is part of the Hug Podcast Network. Hearts Unite the Globe is a nonprofit organization devoted to providing resources to the congenital heart defect community to uplift, empower, and enrich the lives of our community members. If you would like access to free resources pertaining to the CHD community, please visit our website at www.hug-podcastnetwork.com for information about CHD, the hospitals that treat children with CHD, summer camps for CHD survivors, and much, much more. I was five hours old when I had my first surgery. The only advice I can really give someone like that is to be there for your family. 
this is life and you have two choices. You either live it or you sit in a corner and cry. I am Anna Jaworski and the host of Heart to Heart with Anna. Join us on Tuesdays at noon Eastern Time on Spreaker, our blog talk radio. We'll cover topics of importance for the congenital heart defect community. Remember, my friends, you are not alone. I am with Origami Owl Jewelry, and we personalize lockets. It has helped me heal so much by having that locket. I've had other friends and customers who have created lockets. They love their lockets, and they gift lockets to people who are bereaved, or they're celebrating somebody. To get your own Origami Owl locket, contact Nancy Jensen on Facebook or her website, nancydancyme.origamiowl.com. You are listening to Heart to Heart with Michael. If you have a question or comment that you would like addressed on our program, please send an email to Michael Lieben at michael at hearttoheartwithmichael.com. Now, back to Heart to Heart with Michael. CJ, tell us about applying for your PhD. What was involved and why do you want to get a PhD? I plan on applying for my PhD uh, program at DBU because... Again, God has put that heavy on my heart to be available and help as many as I can. And this Ph.D. program from DBU is a cutting-edge Ph.D. on leadership. It's uh, world leadership, how to impact the world. And um, so that kind of of fits into my passion and my purpose is to um, try to impact the world. Of course, you know. Second Corinthians three four has always been my my scripture that has guided me. You know that um, God is the Father of all compassion, and He comforts us, so we can turn around and comfort those who are in their troubles, just as He has comforted us. And so that's my 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 purpose and my leading direction is from this scripture. So in applying for this PhD, I hope to be reaching out to be able to comfort more people worldwide, learn how to reach out to them around the world. There's an application process and an interest exam. I have to write a written purpose statement. Um, Three letters of recommendation are required. There will be an interview process, and I'm told that 40 to 50 typically apply every year and 20 are selected. It's a 60-hour research uh, program and um, it just digs down deep into being a leader um, around the world. Again, I just feel that this PhD would help me learn how to impact the world more to be able to reach those um, 4,000 people that are on my Facebook that are on the other, some of them on the other side of the of the world. One of them is me on the other side of the world. On the other side of the world, yeah. And uh, this last week I had, I reached 50,000, over 50,000 in a post. So I know there's a need out there around the world for um, somebody to, um, to be able to validate them and to um, help give them some direction in this new world that we find ourselves in. And uh, I, I also learned that too, when I went to Paris and I prayed with the bereaved parents over there, it wasn't about the language, you know what I mean? It was about the hugging and the just being present for them. Yeah, and sure. they would ask me, you know, do you speak French? You know, can you say the prayer in French? And I'd say no, and it didn't matter. They would just hug me and thank me for praying for them also. So it's a, I think it's a, you know, grief is a universal language. And so... Yeah, um 
you know, it just it you can see it in people's eyes. Well, I wish you a lot of success in your PhD. I know it's going to be um, a hard slog to get through the process, and I and I hope you accept it. I know that when you are accepted, you're going to do just phenomenally well because you're so predisposed to do this. I think. For you, it's not so much a question of learning. It's Thank a question you, of being validated officially by a learning institution to do what you already do. And Thank I, you, I Michael. You success. You're welcome. Now, let's close on sort of an upbeat. This show will air in November 2018 in the United States. November is the time of Thanksgiving. So tell us how to feel grateful to be able to celebrate your family, especially Bridger and Ben, on the time when everyone else is, you know, having great holidays and smiling, and we might be a little bit less. We learn to have gratitude all through the year as we move through grief, because I have a, this is my milestone year. It'll be 10 years, uh, Christmas Eve 2008, that um, Ben passed from this earth. So since then, you know, I've learned a lot. And we talked about a lot of the things that we already do for, to share the gratitude. But I think the gratitude just changes everything. I mean, if you can reach a point of gratitude, it changes your whole perspective. Gratitude is better for your health. Um, it brings peace into your life. I think, to tell you the truth, that my struggle really ended when I became grateful for the time that I had with my children. So mm. um, that's why I continue to celebrate their lives in a, in a positive way. And somehow gratitude unlocks the fullness of the love that we shared. What I really love about gratitude is that gratitude unlocks the fullness of the love um, that we experienced here on Earth with our children. You know, God gave us, I think it's 84,600 seconds a day. And um, I think that in choosing gratitude, that it fulfills our life, our life is more full. And I choose to use those seconds um, to be grateful for the time that I had my children here on earth. And Melody Beattie says, gratitude makes sense of our past, brings peace for today, and creates a vision for tomorrow. And I really love that. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I, I want to say something here. I think that, and I've said this before many, many times, but Today, I think I, I've got an approval from you on this. The way we remember and the way we memorialize our loved ones is the way they will be remembered by others. And so that falls on us to do it. Absolutely. Uh, and I think that everything that you've given us here today, some really great suggestions and things that I know I'll be doing, um, is in that vein. And the idea is how we remember them is how they will be remembered. I agree, Michael. I, you know, I agree. And I think it's also that's the way that we educate the world. Because when we just put on a mask and say, I'm fine, we're educating them that we're fine. But when we share our children, then we're teaching the world, you know, that they are still a part of our life, still a part of who we are. And I think it's really important because when we put on a mask and say we're fine, we're doing what others expect of us, what they, what they want us to do for them. And that's nice doing something for them but we can do for them a whole lot more if we educate them about what we've learned and what we know yes i i fully agree i fully agree and with that i thank you so very very much cj for coming back on our program and sharing your experiences and your advice with us well thank you for having me michael it's my pleasure it's always a pleasure to have you here and i hope to see you again and again and again and that concludes this episode of Heart to Heart with Michael. Thanks for listening. Find us on iTunes 
or Stitcher and subscribe. Remember, our loved ones are still with us as long as we keep their memories alive.